Hello, welcome to the Emerald Skies podcast. I'm Jess Seely, and we're here to talk all things holistic health, well-being, and spirituality. On my healing journey, I've discovered incredible modalities and practices that have enhanced my life in ways that I really can't put into words. The thing is, they're outside of the mainstream, and that causes apprehension when I share them with others. So this show exists to break down those barriers, because I want you to experience more magic in your life. I have incredible guests who are here to share with us the wisdom from their niche field and help you feel emboldened to try new things on your own path. Take what works, leave what doesn't, keep an open mind, and I hope you find something new calling for you. Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. And today I'm really excited to be joined by Amber Harkin, who is an evolutionary astrologer based out of Melbourne, Australia. So, one of the things that I love most about Amber's work is that she takes astrology and makes it really digestible and useful for her clients and the everyday people. Um, and I love that she takes a subject that can seem overwhelming or daunting or fluffy and just kind of allows you to go oh that makes sense and like I can really use it to help me in my life so um Amber thank you so much for sharing your time to chat with me today and and break down astrology for people who might be thinking it's a little bit overwhelming I'm so excited to talk about this it's it's always such a good opportunity when you get to have real talk and debunk all the myths and um, yeah. yeah, just take the take the sort of spiritual bypassy thing out of it and just make yeah. it really real and relevant. Yeah, a hundred percent. I like I said before, I'm just so excited because. I grew up thinking astrology was a load of fluff and now I'm so Mm. passionate and I love it and I do self-study and I've been fortunate enough Mm. to have a natal chart reading with you, which was so incredibly insightful and validating. And for me, my personal experience was, oh yeah, like a lot of that is playing out in my life. And it's like, Mm. just blows you away that you can look at a chart with, you know, planets and on there and really make that meaningful. And then there were, um, insights that you shared with me that I've gone oh yeah that is playing out in my life and I hadn't really recognized it and so now I can work with it um so yeah it's really something that I'm passionate about and hopefully you know a few people can go okay this isn't what I maybe thought it was due to reading my Cosmo or Dolly horoscope there's more to it (laughs) I mean it blows me away sometimes too when I get into reading a chart and then I talk to the person and I hear how it plays out I'm just like this is just yeah every time I do a reading I'm just like this is I mean I you can you just can't explain it you just can't explain how it just unfolds for the person and it's just so um it's just so real (laughs) there's no way that it it couldn't be real you know the fact that I I do readings for people every day and, um, you know, I can literally see things in the chart. It's like, well, there you go. Like, that's my proof. That's my evidence. I don't need, yeah. you know. So if you have a reading with me, then I'm sure you would be like, okay, I'm convinced now. Yes, for sure. <laughs> and it's, I can, um, I'll say that I was um, with a friend before I jumped on for my reading with you. And I'd just been discussing, you know, Scorpio Moon. I love discussing depth and we were just having like deep and meaningfuls. And then you, and I said something, you know, I feel this way about an area of my life. And you word for word said the same thing that I just shared with her. Like it was like, <laughs> Psychic. So, yeah, mm. anyone who does have a reading with you will have no doubt. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's awesome. So, I would love to start by asking you to share your sun, moon, and rising signs with people and also just like what an average week looks like for an astrologer. Cool. Yeah. Um, I am a Pisces sun. So, I'm a 29 degree Pisces sun. So, I'm born pretty much on the equinox. Well, I was born on the equinox. Uh, so I feel like if anyone has a 29 degree sun or planet, basically it means that 
this is like your last lifetime to really embody that sign because you've got to wrap it up so that you can progress to the next one. So that's just a little, you know, key takeaway for those out there with 29 degree planets. Um, so yeah, Pisces sun, and then I have a Scorpio ascendant or rising sun and a Scorpio moon. So I'm oh. triple water. Yeah. <laughs> fun. Fun, nice. fun. Um, so my week looks sort of the same every week because um, I'm single parenting and so I'm co-parenting with my ex-partner and we have a beautiful son he's four years old so basically I try my very best to structure my week so that I have a lot of space spent with him and then I um, have space for seeing clients and then I also have to leave lots of gaps in between all of that just for me to be able to create and change things up and um, like I'm one that doesn't work extremely well with a lot of structure because my nature is just very go with the flow and um, I'm very much like I'll do things on an impulse and a whim so I have to create lots of space in my calendar for that um, and yeah so I do readings during the week and that includes natal chart readings and forecasting and I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, and then in between, I, I try and create some content for my Instagram as well, just whatever comes through and I feel inspired to talk about. Uh, so, yeah, that's sort of my week. Your Instagram page is very inspiring, which we'll link up. Um, it's got Thank beautiful you. insights and, um, you know, talking. I'm always learning a lot. You know, you're like, oh, this transition's happening and it's like, even though I've done quite a bit of self-study, there's always something new to learn. It's so deep. <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm still learning as well. It's like yeah. a never-ending thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So how did you come to decide that you were going to dedicate your life to astrology? Well, your career, this part of your career, let's not say you can't yeah. move in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I sort of just, uh, I mean, it's always been something that I've been interested in ever mm. since I was young. So I grew up with an awareness around astronomy um, due to the fact that my dad had a telescope and we were just, you know, always stargaze. Yeah. So I was always aware of that. And also brought up watching like UFO documentaries. Ah, <laughs> so, cool. <laughs> so pretty much. So you were taught it. not to be skeptical. Did your dad, yeah. you know, he was a believer. <laughs> yep. A hundred percent. It's yeah. It's like I would watch the X-Files, every single UFO documentary. Yeah. It's like all of that I was hyper aware of. So it's always been just there. Um, I've always been interested in the mystical side of things. I bought my first tarot deck when I was like, I don't know, 10 years old or something. Wow. Okay. So you were really like <laughs> into it from a young age. You knew. I knew, but I didn't know. Yeah. I, I just, I just knew that it was something that intrigued me and that it was mm. just pulling me in. And at that, you know, at a young age, you think it's all just fun and yes, it's, it's not, um, I didn't understand it, but it was just intriguing to me. And then, um, yeah, pretty much after I had my son, so he's four now, so, um, you know, four years ago, I just sort of fell into this journey of uh, my spiritual path, which coincided with my Saturn return. Yes, right. And I birthed pretty much a whole new version of myself and basically just for fun would read my friends charts and send them information and like yeah just just read charts for fun mm. and then decided that maybe I should actually do this <laughs> so then I love it yeah so then I studied it got a certification and just here you are creating yeah. epic creative content yeah people yeah. can use yeah that's fun yeah and so can we jump to the wisdom behind astrology as I said I was one of those people that had many misconceptions because I'd see these over generalized um 
horoscopes written by who knows what, you know, what contributor to the local newspaper. Um, and I just thought, how can they split us all into 12 categories and know what's going to happen for us mm. this week, you know? So mm. I've come to be fascinated by, you know, they say the Egyptians built the pyramids to correlate to astrology. I mean, can you take me down that rabbit hole and explain how far back does this stretch and what is the wisdom that um, is behind it? Yeah, so astrology really was birthed, uh, they say it dates back to Babylonian ancient civilization times and really it was the... Uh, foundation for tracking time and the cycles and um, just having an awareness of I mean people just had a natural affinity to nature it, it was you know we've grown so far away from it now but if we think about what it would have been like in that era it would it's like living astrology and living nature and living the cycles. so it's only natural to have an awareness of how the macrocosm impacts the microcosm and that relationship between us here on earth and everything that's happening above us um, and that we're all connected. So um, astronomy was born out of astrology. So astrology really is like the original science, the first science um, that man created. And it sort of morphed when... Uh, Christianity and religion came into it and it was uh, devalidated I suppose around mm. that time and and then I guess when man discovered that the earth isn't the center of the solar system obviously the sun is the center of the solar system and everything revolves around the sun that also semi-devalidated astrology because astrology western astrology is based on the fact that we are in the middle so earth is in the middle and it's, it's what we call geocentric mm. and therefore how we look at astrology is that the zodiac belt is around the earth so think of yeah. like the earth in the middle and the belt around us and all of the 12 planets are like um you know you can think of them like pieces of pie and shards of light that extend out from the earth. And so all of the planets that move around that fall into, you know, the zodiac belt is how we map it out. Um, that was discovered, you know, as we grew the technology to be able to understand that um, the sun is what everything revolves around. Mm. So that semi-discredited astrology, however, it doesn't, the system is perfect as it stands. The system yeah. is perfect as it is because um, the Zodiac Belt was created from the fact that there are constellations that are around the earth and that's how we map it out. It's not mm. um, It's not based on the cycles around the sun. It's based on us and that who we are. That makes sense, yeah. So yeah. it's still true yeah. for us even though yeah. there can be a different focal point, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just astronomy versus astrology. They're, it's all the same. It's connected and you have to understand astronomy as well. But yeah. um, astrology is the understanding that it's, it's not astronomy. It's, it's its own wisdom and its own language. It, totally. it literally is a, a language of the universe. Mm. So, And when you were yeah. speaking about like how far we've grown apart from nature, you know, it just makes sense that that was their marker. Like we come home from work now or from our day and you turn the lights on and we don't really notice that much if it gets dark mm. early or late because we were able to just regulate our days. And it's like, well, before all of that, this was yeah. what they had to regulate their days was the, the, exactly. the cosmos. Yeah, especially the moon. You know, the moon mm. was such a significant marker for like full moon, new moon, rituals, like where they, like the month was created out of that. Yeah. So, yeah, so much wisdom there. Yeah, well, I would love you to speak about 
more I was going to say sun sign first but if you want to speak to the moon first that would be amazing and I guess to mm, like pretense it or preface it when I speak to some people they go oh yeah this is my sign and I'm like oh your sun sign like I don't know just my sign (laughs) so um if you could maybe share I guess a bit about the luminaries like you said at the start there's a sun sign there's a moon sign and an ascendant sign and they all really do play into how you probably view yourself and how others view you yeah yeah Yeah. so So if you could break those down that would be amazing yeah um a lot of astrology and what you read in the magazines is based on just you knowing your sun sign. So all of the planets move through the zodiac at different paces. And so when you're looking at a sun sign, it's really looking at where the sun was in the zodiac belt at the time that you were born. And there are 12 archetypes. So there are 12 zodiac signs and it, and the sun stays in each archetype for 30 days so it's basically a month so that's why it's you know it's a really easy good marker to um, know about yourself but also it is important because it's the sun and the sun represents the ego in astrology and it's basically our our consciousness and it what it's what lights us up it's what we know it's what we want and it's what brings us joy so it's a big part of who we are However, it's not the only part of who we are. Uh, we are so many other aspects, which comes into uh, like the moon. So the moon is representative of more of the subconscious or unconscious part of who we are. It is more of that receptive feminine quality. So you can think of it more like a yin energy, whereas the sun is more yang. So knowing that we have this receptive side of us that is all about nurturing and how we can nourish ourselves and also everything to do with our intuitive emotions, you know, that's the moon. So that's why we link it to the subconscious. So it's, it's sort of a, a bit more steeped in our habitual behaviors and um, it's linked to the past and things like that. So um mm. Yeah, that's the moon. And then the rising sign or the ascendant is basically the position of what zodiac sign was on the horizon at the time that you were born. So if you think of it like when you're born, you're being birthed and you're moving through your ascendant. So it's like you're coming out of the birth canal and you're entering the world and the sign that was on the horizon, which changes every two hours, um, is is basically the lens that's colouring you as you're born. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's linked to our identity, our persona, the mask that we wear and how we interface with the world and the environment. So it's everything that we consciously know about ourselves. So it might be the labels that we put on ourselves. So, for example, uh, I have a Scorpio ascendant and... For me, that is, I'm hyper aware of the fact that I am more um, internalized. I'm a very introverted person and I psychologize things and I Mm. think about and I ruminate on things a lot more. Mm -hmm. I'm not an extroverted person. um, And that's what I know about myself. So that's everything Mm -hmm. that's like the rising sign. Yeah, super cool. And that's why if people, like, if you have a crazy friend like me who's like, what time were you born? (laughs) That's because your ascendant sign changes um, so quickly. So you can still pull a chart without the birth time, but it's just ideal to know. Yeah. Yes, because the ascendant will basically place all of the houses for you. So, Mm. I mean, you if you don't have your uh, the time that you were born, then what might change is the ascendant, the moon and the houses. Mm. And but like for me, it's like as an astrologer, the houses are so important. Because totally. It changes everything. It changes yeah. everything. But, um, you know, for a general just overview of like your sun, your Mercury, your Venus, like you can still establish what all of those are and they're still really uh, informative. So yes. you can still pull up a chart and you can still look at things. You can get pieces. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
knowing that they go, I don't really relate to my sign. Like when you do a reading, are there common realizations people have that go, oh, that's why I don't relate to it or like I feel more my moon or what's the general trend that you see there? Yeah, it's again, this is when ideally if you know your birth time, then you'll know the houses because the houses will change the way that the sun is expressed. So, for example, the sun, if you think of the concept of the sun, it's the solar principle, it's light, it is joy, it is fun factor. So, take all of that and put it in, for example, the 12th house. So, if you are born with your sun in Leo, which is generally like a really um, lit, lit up sign, then putting it in the 12th house is like the darkest house. It's like the subconscious house and it's going to significantly change how the sun is expressed. It's like putting a light in a black room. Yes. That's when it's, you know, for people they're like, Oh, okay. I get it. They still relate to some aspects of the sun. So they might feel the generosity of Leo. They might feel, the the giving of leo but in a more 12th house sense where it's more internalized and they like to be alone rather than be out and socialize totally this makes sense and okay so for someone who doesn't know what you mean by the houses how would you explain that in a top level yeah so the the 12 houses are terrains of life and basically we move it's sort of like a story so we start at the first house and we're basically born. So we enter the world and we, it's all about me, who I am, what I know about myself. And that's like the first house. And then we progress and then we move into the second house and it's like, okay, this is what I want. So I, these are my security things. This is my security blanket. I need the teddy bear. I need um, food to survive. So it's like survival. And then we move into the third house and it's like, okay, now I'm learning how to talk. Um, I'm learning that we can communicate if I use my voice and then we move into the fourth house and it's like okay so now I understand that this is my home this is my family this is my upbringing uh, this is what makes me me so it's sort of like it's, it's pretty much a journey through um, your your growth and your evolution so each totally. house represents a different area of life and then the 12th house you know, it's pretty much like the end of the story. It's the end mm. of the cycle. It's all about dissolving and returning back. It's like recycling back into where we came from sort of thing. So, yeah, um, it, yeah it definitely creates a much bigger picture and a story of a person when you understand what house is, um, you know, strong in the chart as to maybe how many planets you have in there or where your sun is or where your moon is. It definitely gives another layer to be able to understand um, who you are. That makes a lot of sense. A mm. lot of sense. I hadn't thought about mm. like, cause I'm a Leo sun. So and my yeah. son is in the fourth house, which is family and home. So that's a lot more, I guess, in front of people than the 12th house, like you said, which would be very internal and really not wanting to be around people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So knowing your sun, moon and rising sign, how can you use this information in yourself or knowing it about your family in your day-to-day life? Are there little ways that you can use it to make life easier or to just have more ease or understand others better? Like what would you, even like in parenting, because I know you've got your four-year-old son, how do you use it? Yeah, good question. Um, So I, I just look at astrology as such a valuable tool to celebrate who you are and not feel the need to change anything, but more about own the parts of yourself that you might have seen as, um, you know, something to be shamed about or something that you don't like about yourself or whatever that is. So, you know, knowing, for example, knowing the fact that I have so much water in my chart, 
um, growing up, I suppose I always thought about myself as a very unorganized person. Like I've got, I've got strong Pisces in my chart mm-hmm. and I've never been one to They're the dreamers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never been one. Flow. To... I love everyone. Yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to <Yeah>. create. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've never been one to really be able to stick with structure and time. Yeah. You know, time isn't my friend. Um, and I guess the more that I really knew about myself through my chart, it's like, this is, who I am I don't need to change it it's more about how I can work with it and accept these things and um when you sort of know your sun moon and rising it's it's like I I know how I operate and I'm not going to apologize for it so it's an unapologetic like this is who I am this is how I operate and it's being able to really again use it as a tool to tweak areas of your life so that you can work more in flow and in harmony. And then, you know, this is going to work in, you know, forming relationships and connections with people because when you understand who you are, so if you have a lot of water in your chart, you'll understand that, okay, what's going to balance me out is someone with earth. Mm -hmm. So if you can recognize those qualities in them, so this is sort of more like synastry, so like coupling, so working, um, like relationships, I suppose, Um, you know, recognizing the earth element in another person, you'll be able to sort of get an understanding of how you're going to work and vibe with that person. So if they've Mm. got a lot of earth, um, I know that they're going to ground me and they're going to be able to give me some structure where I need it. So I work really well with those people. Mm. Um, And then of course, you know, when it comes to family, parenting, it's just, the best tool I I just want every parent to experience a reading for their child because um, for me it's like I understand my child on a level that I'm his mum but then there's also it's like a next level trust so I don't have to doubt that when he's being hypersensitive and you know the characteristics that he displays I know that it's just him and it's not like something that I have to change or, you know, when, when someone might question, Oh, you really need to socialize him more because he needs to work on his, you know, um, his confidence. I'm like, no, this is, this, he's just sensitive. He's just a sensitive person. And there's no shame in that. Like it's really, I think so valuable to take away the shame from what people have you know so many people and I do readings for people that feel like some of their potential gifts are things that they hate about themselves or stuff that they're just hyper aware of about their personality and Mm -hmm. so they often disown it but if you can flip it into no this is like you can utilize this like this is a tool for you to be able to really come into your power then they're like oh my god it's just you know, a new perspective on how they operate and who they are. Yes, I love that. Yeah. I love the way you worded that. And for me, so I'm a Leo son and growing up I was like, yeah, I'm extroverted and loud. like not in your face loud, but like I like to be around people. Mm. And I also think it's about like how you're saying, removing the shame, but like from social conditioning, we're like, you can't be oversensitive. And mm. I didn't know my moon sign, but I'm mm. a Scorpio moon. Scorpio is water. There's depth. They're like deeply emotional. And I do feel the depths of emotions. And I was like, I'd go to a movie and I'd, I'd, I knew it was going to be sad with my friends. And I'd yeah. start crying before it started because I was like, it's going to be sad. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed. And um, now I'm like, that's just who I am. And I'm able to own it even, yeah, yeah, for myself and when Mm. other people are like, oh, you know, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm just really sensitive. Um, And it allowed me to to accept that I can be that way and society can't tell me whether I am or not sensitive. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. We need more of that. You You just are who you are. There's nothing wrong with that. We don't need to be this like cookie cutter perfect person. 
There is none. No perfect. No, no, <laughs> like, what does that look like? <laughs> no. Yeah. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Can we talk about working with the moon? Uh, I know that you have a membership program at times. I think it's paused at the minute, which we can touch on mm-hmm. at the end, um, which helps people work with the phases of the moon being the new moon and the full moon. So what does the full moon mean in terms of opportunity for us? What does the new moon mean? And how, yeah, how can we like in a meaningful way actually allow that to work into our lives rather than just going, Oh, cool. Like this is what the moon's mm-hmm. doing in the sky. Does that really impact me? Mm, yeah so again if we think about in ancient civilization times they use the moon as a map um for the month because it's a visual marker of where we're at you can actually look at the sky and see where we are in the month based on how much of the sun's light is reflected upon it so the moon um and you can look at at the sky now and it's probably the easiest way to connect to astrology and the cycles by looking at the moon and just really feeling into that energy and being able to see that it's getting brighter and brighter and brighter and actually being able to take that within you and feel and and energize you in a way that okay I'm building towards something and what am I building towards so I guess if we all think about um you know, the start of a cycle being the new moon where it's completely dark in the sky. So we can't see the moon because it is the sun and the moon are together. So it's basically blocked. We can't see it. This is a time of hibernation going inwards and really think of it like an alchemizing time where we can set some sort of energetic intention for the rest of the month that's why generally new moons are associated with times to manifest or to create an idea that you want to really see into fruition Um, you can also literally plant something in your garden at a new moon and energetically it's it's a really great time to plant seedlings because you'll see them grow and really bloom throughout the month. So it's the same. It's the same principle as like planting an idea in your mind or setting an intention in your heart. It's like a little seed that you want to see grow. Uh, And then when we build, it's when the moon is becoming brighter and brighter in the sky. So it's this energy of momentum the moon is waxing it's building we're giving energy to something so this is when we want to be taking action on this little seed on this seedling and we need to be watering it so we need to take inspired action it's not just set an intention and hope for all the best it's like set the intention but really nurture it water it give it some life And then when we get to the full moon, it's when the sun and moon are opposite each other in the sky. So therefore, it's the sun's light actually lighting up the moon. We see its full reflection. This is seen as a time of celebration. It's harvest time. We can celebrate our wins and let go of our losses. And this is when often during this time, you will want to let go of things in order to be able to um, receive new things in the new cycle to come. So it's often seen as a time of shedding, release. Um, You know, I like to think about where the moon is as opposed to what sort of like ritual or situation that I want to create. It sort of, for me, it very much changes based on the archetype. So the next full moon will be a full moon in Libra. And for me, that's just the energy of relationships and relating. So creating something for the next full moon around that sort of energy. So whether that's like releasing an ex-lover or Mm -hmm. releasing someone from your life or cutting ties or celebrating a relationship or, you know, just something like that, creating an yeah. intention around where the moon is and what sign it's in is how uh, we can live 
in flow with the cycles. A hundred percent. Yeah. That makes sense. Thank you. And I mean, a little bit of a tangent, but I love the way you explain that energetically, like the seedling and it's planting and taking life. And it's the same with the woman's moon cycle. It's like the phase. Do you, do you want to share about the moon cycle and how that follows the same phase of like energy within us? Yeah. Yeah. So often um, you can think with the moon by literally moon gazing. If you moon gaze every night, um, and also I find that if you drink moon water, so if you put some water out on a full moon and charge the water under the moonlight, it's actually enriching it with the energetic vibration of the moon and you can drink it. Um, and I did that for such a long time and I synced my cycle with the moon. So um, again, back in ancient times, women would sync naturally with the moon because they didn't have artificial light. Mm-hmm. So therefore they would bleed on a new moon and ovulate on a full moon. Mm-hmm. And it's so that, um, you know, if you were to stare at the moonlight and really like reduce your artificial light at nighttime and really try and live as close to nature as possible, you'll find that your cycle will naturally adjust to what's mm. happening in the moon because the pineal gland is activated with the moonlight at that time. So it sort of signals, okay, it's ovulation time. Um, so therefore, yeah, energetically, women go through cycles of hormones, mm-hmm. which coincide to a similar energy of the moon there's bleed so it's like the inner winter hibernation go inwards quiet time um full moon ovulation spring is it spring or summer it's summertime isn't it um so it's more like celebration harvest you know all of that sort of thing you've got your energy go out yeah (laughs) yes exactly yeah that's right so it's just underlying the fact that we're just divinely connected to nature and the more you tune into it, the more you will really notice all those little synchronicities. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. I uh, recently was in a women's circle and we were talking, we're working with our wombs and the facilitator said, you know, so we've got the moon cycles to work with as well as your cycle. And I was like, wait, 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 like if I'm not synced with the moon, how do I like work with like, the internal phase of the moon and then say my cycle wants me to be internal a week Mm. later. I'm like, this is just so hard. So I really want to, I mean, I'm pretty close to the moon because I live close to nature, but I just think it's a lot of value in, in syncing up so that you can really like let the energy flow through your life and not be trying to battle like two energetic timelines. Yeah. Yeah. I finally have sort of switched which um, so I used to bleed on a new moon and that was great. <laughs> and it felt very <laughs> instinct. But now I've switched and now I bleed on a full moon. But that is said to be um, representative of where you are in your life. So bleeding on a full moon is actually really creative. And I feel that actually you know so Mm. if you bleed on a new moon it's said to be yeah more of that internal you're processing things you're shedding you're releasing very intuitive sort of time but bleeding on a full moon is more of like creation time sort of thing so you're able to really culminate that energy and I do feel that shift of where I'm at right now in my life that makes sense well it makes sense in terms of you saying you you know you change so much in your life in terms of your satin Mm. return so therefore I would imagine you were going through a very internal process for a number of years Mm. um and now you know like hitting your strides and just doing such beautiful creative work and serving so many people in this space um Mm. That makes sense to me. And talking mm. of sound returns, I'd love for you to just touch on what that means and what ages people should be looking out for it. Yeah, for sure. It's probably the thing that people hear most about. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like you're an adult now, officially in astrology. You're, an, you're not an adult until you go through your Saturn return. It's the first yeah. marker of maturity. And you, you just see it in people. Yes. You, you literally witness it like a clock that's ticked over past midnight. And it's like, okay, you're an adult now. I can see that. <laughs> um, 
generally it's again it depends on uh, where Saturn is in your chart at the degree as to the exact time of the return so that would be when um, you would either have a, a reading with an astrologer or you can try and figure it out yourself um, if you've got the astrology software but generally it's anywhere from 27 to 29 years old within that time frame of when it starts to build then you've got the exact return so again thinking about how um, each planet goes through a cycle of um, how long it takes to get around the whole zodiac belt to the place where it first was when you were born so it's saturn returning upon itself at the time that you were born is the marker of your saturn return and saturn is the planet that it is responsible for karma and time and maturity and growth and basically becoming an adult so if we think about saturn as more of our sort of like our mentor really and a mentor isn't always going to be nice to you because but, <laughs> well a good mentor <laughs> exactly a good mentor will be blunt and honest and just say it how it is because it literally wants you to grow into who you said that you were going to grow into in this lifetime and that's that it's going to keep you accountable and so therefore the lessons aren't always going to be nice and easy they might be really difficult but the aim is to go through your Saturn return and really just surrender into it and at the end come out and understand that that period that might have been really difficult, this is what I learned from it. So mm. the test is how can you how can you transmute the lead into gold mm. and the lesson? It's all mm -hmm. about the lesson and what you're learning. Um, so that you can take it into the next Saturn cycle and continue continue your growth. Yeah. And yeah, so, so what a lot of big people, stuff happens. Yeah, I mean, I definitely felt it. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. but, and I see some people who are like, yeah, I changed my life. I left a long-term relationship or I quit my career. Yeah. But then there's people that you think, whoa, did they experience that? Like I had to change my whole life and you're just doing the same thing. Like what yeah. is there to say about people who really work with it as compared to people mm. who don't seem impacted? Do you feel like they've just moved it under the rug or do you feel like they're kind of out of touch with nature to a point where they're not aware of their own discomfort? Possibly all of the above. I, mm. I see many variances. I see people that are hyper aware and they understand that they are going through challenges and then there are people that, again, it's not saying that... Um, we don't all, ha all have to be on the spiritual path. That's yeah. definitely not the case because every soul incarnates at a different level and, and it's just like, you know, we have to really trust in the journey of the soul that not totally. everyone is going to be woke in this yeah. lifetime and it's yeah, not okay. about that. So the lesson might be like a lot more subtle because their lifetime lesson or their journey yeah. is just going to look completely different to mine. And Exactly. All right. Trust in, trust in yeah. that. The, that you know the person that comes in and is carefree and doesn't really care about awareness it's like mm -hmm. that's perfect for you yeah. that's like I love that for you celebrate it mm -hmm. great you know there's nothing yeah. wrong with that that's just their journey in this lifetime it is and it's such a common occurrence for me that like talking about, you know, 27 to 29 meeting especially women who are working in 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 an area that's considered like creative and spiritual, they really kind of started in a different career and then get to the point where they're like, I just can't keep going. I have to align to something new. So yeah. I guess yeah. for some people, if they're not going to have that sort of a turn, it will be a more subtle Saturn return experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm very sure there's stuff going on under the surface, but again, it's like, if you're going to switch on to it, if you're going to pay attention, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it would definitely be there for sure. Yeah. Mercury retrograde. So I just wanted to um, touch on a couple of like, so there's Mercury retrograde, Mars retrograde, Venus retrograde, because there's misconceptions again and labels like everything fucks up during Mercury retrograde and it's Mercury's mm -hmm. fault. 
What's your take on what does it mean when a planet's retrograding and how can we not like put our lives on hold, but like mm. work with the energy so that, okay, maybe like there's less interruptions. Yeah. Well, again, if we think about relating it to nature's cycles, nature isn't always going to be switched on at a hundred percent of the time at the same pace we need to recharge our batteries and that's being reminded to us through a retrograde cycle it's not that um things fall apart on purpose it's literally to remind us that we need to slow down and we need to pay a bit more attention to the present moment because the mistakes that happen are because we haven't been paying attention and we've been too rushed and we're too switched on and we've got all the things happening. So I, I very much just see a retrograde period as, you know, with all of the planets, it is a time when we would reflect and when we would really allow for integration. Mm. No, one, no one ever allows for integration anymore. We just, we just keep going. We don't actually pause and let it sink in. Yes. And, uh, you know, think about reflections and, you know, maybe what we could have done differently or mm. maybe how we can be grateful for that relationship that ended. And, you know, definitely when it comes to relationships, um, there's a lot of memes about Mercury retrograde and the X is reappearing. Yes. <laughs> it's because, you know, it's, it's again, this idea that we have to allow for integration. So yeah. if you break up with someone and you all of a sudden just like download Tinder and get back on and keep going, it's like, no, you, again, just slow down, process it and release and let it go be with yourself and then move on so it's sort of like again just these little reminders that come into our yes. life and so I always feel like okay the retrograde everyone just pause slow down integrate reflect on what happened if you ended a relationship then maybe you need to um, process it or maybe you need to you know do whatever you need to do to release mm -hmm. it and let it go so that you can actually start a new cycle again because essentially a retrograde is um, a period when we're getting closer to starting a new Mercury cycle. So basically if we think about Mercury in relation to the sun, mm -hmm. that it's basically a cycle of Mercury coming back to the sun again. And Got when it. it meets the, when it meets the sun, it's going through a little wobble retrograde. Right. Yeah. So it's all about the cycles. It's all about yeah. releasing and shedding, getting ready to start a new one. So mm -hmm. we have to understand that before we start a new thing, we have to make sure that we really complete that old cycle and let whatever needs to go, go. Well, that makes so, so much sense. And, yeah. and you're right. Like we don't, I mean, for me, I spent, you know, maybe a decade in the corporate sector and there's no like, oh, like stop and integrate or nature's not always moving forward. It's like, here's your target. This is what we're going to do this month. And I mean, that's not just corporate. I feel like that's mm. like the society that most of us have grown up in and been conditioned into. And so therefore when I was of an age where I started, I guess, down a spiritual path and I'd hear people say nature's not always like growing and moving forward you're like whoa that feels unsafe for me to embrace as a human being or how do I do that like you've really got to unlearn and then relearn um yeah. and so yeah it's just really interesting the number of times you've said something that I'm like oh yeah nature's showing us you know I've heard that before and nature's doing it and so natal chart readings are the best place for people to start and really get an understanding of their own personal astrology. Would you mind just expanding a little bit on what someone would expect? Um, because I know there is a little bit more depth than what we've even discussed here today, which might feel overwhelming. Mm. Um, but, you yeah. know, how many planets are there and what would that look like? So, yes, a natal chart reading is, definitely where you want to start your journey so that you get 
a good understanding of who you are as a person. So astrology as a tool, myself personally, I don't use it for predictive anything. I don't use it to um, tell you your personality. I, I use it to tell you your evolution and your evolutionary path, which is why I practice evolutionary astrology. So in saying that, your natal chart is very nuanced. You can go very deep with it. Um, it's very multifaceted. And even getting readings from various astrologers who you vibe with is, is valuable mm. because then there's so many, there's just so much to your natal chart that you could just, I could give you a reading that goes for six hours if I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a lot. It's wild. And it's like, how do how do you really... I think like when I came and had my natal chart reading with you, I had done some self-study and I was really aware and I still was like learning so much, you know, so it's yeah. just endless. It is. It's endless. Yeah, for sure. So it's really, I always say that have a, you should have a natal chart reading if you feel like you're at a time in your life where you maybe need to be sure about yourself and where you're going because I would hope, it's my prayer, that I would hope that every person that has a reading with me will leave feeling validated, seen, heard, and also empowered in who they are and, and also, you know, what they can do to really step in to who they are without apology mm. and just be really sure about their path. That's, that's the gift of having a reading because it's, it's all seeing that you are here for a purpose. There's not mm -hmm. one person here on earth that isn't supposed to do something meaningful with their lives. And it doesn't mean that we're all going to be um, doing humanitarian work. I mean that you purely stepping into your authenticity is enough. And that is how we are going to evolve humanity, really. Totally. Yeah, totally. And I can confirm that they have everything that you said. I'm like, I felt so seen. I felt validated. I felt like, yeah, I just was like, yeah, this is who I am and this is what I've experienced. And also I felt really articulated in my reading with you in that there were certain things that I was like, oh, you know, I'm just feeling like I can't figure this out or I, I feel like there's something going on you know, with figuring out where to plant roots, for instance. And you're like, yeah, yeah, so this is showing up in your chart. And like, so being able to put words, well, you put words to how I was feeling. And for me, therefore, I'm able to go, all right, now I've got words for this. I can kind of go and address it or, you know, yeah. not necessarily go and like fix it now, but it's like having yeah. awareness so that I can shape it to become yeah. easier in my life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I always have so many people that, it's, it's like I'm always going to tell you things that you already know deep down. They're like, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's, that's what it is. Thanks, Amber. Oh, my God. Yeah. How do you know? <laughs> exactly. It's like you already know all the stuff. It's mm -hmm. already in you. I'm not going to mm -hmm. tell you anything different. Um, it's just maybe something that I'm giving a new perspective on for you. Yeah. Yeah. It was really remarkable. Thank you. And I would love also um, to chat about, well, your website, where can people find you and read your creativity and your offerings, but also your uh, membership to work with the new and full moon. Um, and I know we were talking about the need to honor your own creativity and your own energy mm. flow. So I'll let you just share what you're, what you're doing there. Yeah, for sure. So um, the best way to find me is on my Instagram, cosmic.playground. And if you want to find out more about my offerings, then my website, which is linked in my Instagram. So you can head there or just go to www.thecosmicplayground.com and all of my stuff is there. Um, I have a monthly membership that I am pausing at the moment. So... Again, I have to honour where I'm at in my life and respectfully act upon what's in my best interest. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to show up in the way that I want to show up in my work. Mm. So 
Um, I really feel like there's a rebirth coming with my membership because I'm currently mm. integrating some new things. So watch this space. I'm, um, I'm learning all about hypnotic sciences at the moment. Ooh. So, yeah, <laughs> that's going to be very, very exciting to bring. Um, so therefore, the membership is on pause. However, um, I am currently working on some workshops that I will oh. release, which are going to be, of course, astrology-based. So the best way to find out what I'm up to is definitely my Instagram. So before we started recording, I actually said to Amber, being a public-facing figure or person in your work, how do you continue to show up? Because for me, I have come off a really emotional, say, six weeks where I just felt um, old challenges coming up. And I just think, thank goodness, like I get to, for my work, be very internal and just go about it. So um, yeah, how do you deal with that and navigate that being that you work with people and have offerings that people... um, you know, expect bi-weekly? Again, this is when we just have to follow our intuition. So if you don't want to show up on Instagram because you feel like shit, then don't do it because Mm -hmm. it's an energetic thing. People can feel the energy of a person with how they show up. And I'm not saying that I want to show up perfect that's definitely not the case, but I know that I, I know the sort of thing that I want to put out there. And if I'm not vibing it, then I'm not going to put it out there. I'm not going to be inauthentic with my work. Yeah. I'm always going to be authentic. And it, it's, it's a representation and an extension of who I am. So if I feel like there's something bubbling underneath and I'm actually needing to alchemize something new and something needs to be rebirthed, then I'm going to pull back and I'm going to, again, it's all about the cycles, integrating, allowing for times where we need to reflect and sit mm. with, you know, whatever's, whatever changes are coming or whatever's happening. So for me, that's happening right now where I feel like there's something, something different that's going to happen. I'm not sure what it's going to look like, but I feel very strongly that it's going to be very magical. <laughs> You've learned so, to trust, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I love that that's that. your approach because, like, energy is felt, whether it's true. I mean, if you haven't really practiced tuning into, say, your intuition and feeling into social media, maybe you don't feel it as much. But for people who have, you can, like, see a post and be like, eh, I'm not even going to read it. You know, like, energy is everything and it is felt. Yeah. Yep. 100%. You can just tell when someone launches something and they've got everything, like their energy is in it. You can feel it. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. that's super powerful. That is really potent because it's yeah. really an extension of of who they are. Totally. You can feel that. Yes. Um, yeah. So I think that honouring your rhythm is the most powerful thing you can do as a business owner for sure. The last question, Amber, that I ask my guests is what piece of advice would you give to your 18-year-old self knowing that for many, you know, they're finishing, say, high Mm. school or in our world, you know, the Western society, it's a bit of a, you know, launch into a new phase. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, what would I tell my 18-year-old self? Oh, I'd teach my 18-year-old self some energetic boundaries for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> just think about how how that version of myself really didn't know how powerful she was and just leaked her power all over the place to whoever mm-hmm. um, just for validation and for acceptance. And, yeah, I would just... If I always think like if I had a daughter, gosh, I would mould her into, I would try my hardest to really shape her into someone that just knew who she was, stood in her authenticity, didn't give a shit about 
people pleasing or what anyone yeah. thought and new boundaries from the earliest age possible. I mean, I'm a, I mean, I can teach my boy that 100% boundaries. Totally. Everyone, needs to, everyone needs to learn that. But especially as young women, having boundaries with technology and media and just everything. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's what I would teach my younger self. Beautiful. Well, thank you so, 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 so much for coming and being a guest and just sharing. I mean, I think people might need to listen to that three times through to really digest all of the information Um, because, like you said, it can just go on forever and um, it does take a while to digest what a complex and beautiful topic this is. And I'm just really grateful for your wisdom, Emma. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for being with me today, guys. I'm so grateful and I hope that you learned something new. Please feel free to pass the episode on to family, friends, colleagues, anyone you think that would really enjoy and benefit from the information. And if you so feel called, I would love for you to subscribe and leave an honest and heartfelt review. As I've learned, it helps me reach more people and I'm really just all about reaching the right people. So have a wonderful day and can't wait to see you next time.